Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. Hope you guys are having a a good Sunday. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Crystal Stotzenberger. I am one of the many leaders here at The Heart. I get to serve in Heart Kids and Tinies and then do marketing. And then every once in a while, I get to share with you guys in a message. So I'm really happy to be here. I hope that you are as well. And um, if you're not familiar kind of with how we do messages here at the heart, we do them in series. So basically it's a collection of talks and we're digging into some type of theme and talking that out for a couple of weeks. And currently we're in this message series called Wrapped. And so we're looking at things that happen in our lives and the emotions that they bring out or the instinct that they bring out and how oftentimes it's actually something else wrapped in that initial emotion. So on the first week, Dom talked about shame. That was a lot of fun. Hit me in the gut. Um, And then last week, he talked about problems and how we can bypass those. And so today, I actually want to talk about shame's BFF, shame's ride or die, thicker thieves, best friend, and that's judgment. Some of you are like, oh, great. I brought my friend to church. We're going to talk about judgment. I knew it. Don't worry. Hang in there. It'll be all right. So I want to talk about judgment, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit of a different way than maybe you're used to. But if shame is defined as the fear that we're not good enough, it's this intense, painful feeling that we're unworthy of love, then judgment is often shame's mouthpiece. So let me give you an example of that. Here's an example of how shame and judgment can go hand in hand when it comes to work. So judgment will say, wow, you work so much. Aren't you a mom? Isn't that hard to be there for your daughter? And then shame will say, yes, I'm a failure. I work too much. I'm not there for my kid. I've got to get it together. The unpacked truth to both of those is I work more than some, less than others. So I bet you can think of a a time in your life when you have experienced shame, and then you can probably tack there was some kind of judgment that paralleled that, right? And there's, there's surface judgment, and there's, there's deeper judgments. And in fact, let me share a story with you. This past week, I was in Houston, and um, my, one of our hospitals had what was called a tech fair. And it's, there's a bunch of vendors, and people are coming around. They're learning about your hospital. And so it was, I mean, it was a long day. We started at like 7 in the morning, and then at 8.30, we were all sitting in an office, and everybody's like having a glass of wine, and uh, I'm not against wine. Jesus turned water into wine, but they're asking me if I want some, and I'm like, nah, I got, I got a ton of reports I got to go home and do. Um, but I had been eyeing these starbursts that were like across the room. I had no idea whose starbursts these were. Nobody else was eating starbursts, and internally I was like, do I eat the starbursts? Nobody's eating them. It's like, yeah, you know what? I haven't had candy in a while. Pass me that bag. So I'm about 15 starbursts deep, and this girl looks over at me, and she's like, wow, you ate all of those by yourself? And I was like, girl, they judging me eating my starburst. And there's, it, it made me think of this scripture that oftentimes you will hear people who are not of the Christian faith repeat when they feel judged. Rightfully so, because in my opinion, as the church, not this church, but as the church, we have told people, you do have to believe before you can belong. 
We have told people, you should act this way. We have allowed our faith to be led with judgment instead of belonging and love. So this is a scripture oftentimes you'll hear people repeat. Matthew 7, 1 through 3. Refuse to be a critic full of bias towards others, and you will not be judged, for you'll be judged by the same standard that you've used judgment towards others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. So I want you to think about something. I want you to think about that and think about how this scripture underscores the tendency that we typically have to use judgment as a weapon. So I shared the, the Starburst story, and, and that was kind of like this, you know, surface level. Uh, I wasn't really offended, um, but it was, you know, I, I was like, man, get off me. But I want to share a story with you about a time that I truly felt judged, and I truly felt like I did not belong in a group. So when I was uh, younger, I think this had to be like, I don't know, 1989, don't do the math, but like 1989 or something, um, my, my mom raised me by herself like my whole life, right? And my mom and I still to this day, there's a lot we don't agree on, um, but one thing we do agree on and that's music. My mom raised me on the Apostle Van Halen and Bon Jovi and Journey and my personal favorite 90s R&B. Um, I hope that is a favorite of yours, too. If not, I'll educate you. But, yes, thank you. So, so music was like, my mom, um, if you've ever, well, if you've never met her, her name is, everyone calls her KP. Her name is Kathy. She goes a million miles an hour. And when I was little, she would clean the house and we'd listen to music. And so um, there was a time, not this church, it was a different church, and I was going through a lot of things in my life, so I decided to join like this women's group. It was a Bible, stu Bible study, and I had a Bad Medicine Bon Jovi hoodie on, okay? I uh, had never had anything said about my hoodie before, um, but I, I wore this hoodie to this group. Um, fun fact about Bon Jovi, this is a picture of me and my mom on our way to the Bad Medicine uh, like they did a live MTV taped it live and so my mom didn't have a babysitter um, so she took me I don't know if you've ever seen Sweet Home Alabama but when she's like you have a baby in the bar well my mom took me to a concert um, we actually fell off of a chair and had to go to the medic but anyways so so uh, loved Bon Jovi growing up and I, I go to this group and I walk in there's like all these women and they're really pretty dresses I'm in you know jeans with rips and, and a Bon Jovi uh, hoodie on and three women pulled me into another side, or like into another room, and they said, do you know that secular music is demonic? Do you actually listen to that? Immediately shut down, shame trigger. I didn't grow up in a church. A van used to pick me up and take me to church from the trailer park when I was little, but I didn't grow up in a Christian household, and so there was just all this shame that had washed over me in that moment, and at that moment, I did not feel like I belonged anywhere. I wasn't worthy of the people in that group. That's an example of judgment being a trigger of shame for me. So before we dig in further, let's say a prayer because I need it. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for open hearts. I thank you for honesty. I thank you for a place that we can belong before we believe. I pray that everything that's going on in our life right now, that it can just fade away and dissipate, and that what you have for us in this moment, you can speak it directly to our hearts, and that we can hear you. 
It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today I don't want to talk about judgment in the context of is it good or is it bad or do we do it or do we not? Because we all judge. Every single person in this room judges. What I more so want to talk about is I want to talk about the feeling that it leaves us with. I want to talk about what it disconnects us from, which is belonging. And I even want to talk about how sometimes we will use judgment because we are anticipating the rejection of belonging. So anyone in here ever been to middle school? We have some people in the front row that are are in middle school. This is how I know that a lot of times the fear of not belonging and the anticipation of that is from judgment. So when I was uh, going into middle school, um, I went to this school where, uh, I, I don't know, Jinkos, you remember those? Yeah? If you do, it's time to go get your back checked and your neck checked and go see the ortho doc. Uh, so anyways, they're coming back, by the way. Um, so everyone had Jinkos and everyone had Adidas and everyone had, um, you know, Nike shirts and I was this kid that didn't really have access to a lot of that, but I wanted so badly for my first outfit for middle school to be awesome. Um, And it's so funny because I feel like kids nowadays don't care about that as much. I have to literally beg my daughter to let me buy her new shoes. They're like holes flapping in the wind, but she just wants to wear those on the first day of school. But anyways, not me. I wanted the outfit. So I would you know, make sure I had everything that I wanted. My Uncle Charlie, um, I would get like my shoes from Payless that had four stripes and he'd cut the fourth stripe off so it had three. You couldn't tell they weren't Adidas, genius. Um, And so, you know, there was this pressure of what I thought everyone else would want to see me in. And that dictated what I did because I wanted to belong. Wasn't even about fitting in. I wanted to belong. And so I imagine that there's something in your life that that happens. I wrote this down for you, uh, and it's just a question. Maybe you can take a picture of it and think about it later or journal on it later, but it's how often have you altered yourself or made choices based on the anticipation of judgment? Because there's this deep-seated tension between the need for belonging and the looming fear of judgment all kinds of areas, right? So we see that in our appearance, our fashion choices, our physical features. Uh, We see it in socioeconomic status, right? What you do for a living. Um, We see it in education, career choices, political affiliations. We will anticipate the judgment that comes with that example. So um, when people find out that I had been in the military, they always wanna talk to me about politics. And I really shy away from that because a lot of times they think that I'm like dug in and I have an opinion. And so I'm like, "Mm, if they find out I don't and I was in the military, I'm going to be judged and I want to back out of this conversation. So good or bad, oftentimes in these areas, we will anticipate judgment because it may or may not compromise our belonging in an arena that we want to belong into. And so that's something that, for me, I have had to battle a lot in my life. Um, And I think if you really sat down and thought about it, maybe you have been there too. So 
when I was thinking about that and I was thinking about today, here is the message that I hope we can all walk away with. True belonging doesn't come from being acceptable. It comes from being ourselves. And that can be really hard, especially when we are embedded in a culture that shows us through scrolling and YouTube and all the other things of what we should want to do, what we should want to attain, what our past should look like, right? And so uh, I'll share a story with you. Um, and for me, I actually have never shared this story with anyone, um, but I want to share it with you because I think sometimes when I look back at my life and I've made a decision based on the fear of being judged, those are often the times that I can look back and think, man, I was really disappointed with my choice there. So this is the story. So I went into uh, the military at 18 at the time. I share that quite often. Um, but if you don't know, now you do. I was in the Air Force. And I deployed to Iraq in 2009 and, uh, you know, did all the training leading up to Iraq. Uh, I went over as something called force protection. So initially what my job was going to be is I would watch third country nationals as they worked on our base. So uh, maybe they were working on the flight line or they were building a building, and so I was just there to watch them. And I somehow, I don't know how, I weaseled my way into being uh, MP. Well, I wasn't an MP, but I faked it, right? So I worked in the supply area. I was with all of the military police. I did all the raids and everything, and we used to patrol kind of on the outside of the gates, and oftentimes on the outside of the gates, you would see small children that would come to the gate, and they just wanted something. Didn't matter what it was, sunglasses, a bottle of water, whatever it may be. And uh, we had just started patrolling the outside, and you know, there was a lot of rules against what you could or couldn't do, but I had seen people pass bottled water to kids through the fence, but I was with this uh, group of young strapping men and uh, really tough, you know, we're deployed in Iraq, and so I didn't want to come off as weak. I didn't want to come off as someone that didn't uh, fit in or belong, and so there were these kids on the outside of the fence, and there's this little kid, and, and they're asking for a water bottle. And I'm like debating, you know, I'm like going to grab the water bottle and they just really start roasting me for this um, and telling me no. Again, probably reasons I, I shouldn't, but anyhow, I decided not to do that. And you might think that in Iraq, there are things that someone can be emotional about because it was really hard to do, right? The things that you would think of being deployed. That is the worst story for me because I allowed other people to dictate my character in the moment. It wasn't because I couldn't pass a water bottle through the fence. It was because I didn't want these people to look at me as someone that didn't belong in the group. It was already really hard being a female there, but I didn't want to be a complete bystander. And when I think about that story, it wrecks me. Uh, wow, water bottle makes you emotional. Um, it wrecks me because that is not my heart for people in general. It was my heart for kids. It's a different time and era of my life, but still I think about that, and that is literally my most painful story that I have of Iraq. And so when I was 
thinking about that and how, you know, judgment can really keep us from belonging sometime, I think what we have to ask ourselves is, who, who really do we need to belong to? What group do we really need to belong to? Where does that validation really need to come from? Is it coming, are you seeking it from people that the weight of their opinion really shouldn't matter to you? Or, on the other hand, is it from people that you trust, that you've given permission in your life to hold you accountable? Because there is a difference between judgment and accountability. There is a difference between fitting in and belonging according to that judgment or accountability. And it reminded me of a story in the Bible. Uh, this story is in Matthew uh, 26, and um, it's a, a fairly famous story. It's a story about when a man named Peter, who was basically Jesus' right-hand man, he was told that he was going, Jesus told him, you are going to deny me. And Peter's like, yeah, not me. Let me read this to you. Along the way, Jesus said to them, before the night is over, you will all desert me. This will fulfill the prophecy of the scripture that says, I will strike down the shepherd and all the sheep will scatter far and wide. But after I am risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and will meet you there. Then Peter spoke and said, even if, even if all the rest lose their faith and fall away, I will still be by your side. Peter is like, well, those people will leave you. I would never. Have you ever said that to yourself? Like, uh, I remember I used to say this um, before I was a mom when I would see, like, little kids in the store and they're screaming or at a restaurant, you know, they're just being bad. I'd be like, my kid would never. And then you have a kid. Uh, and my, my daughter had, like, colic, so that's all she ever did was scream when she was a baby. And so, but there's other things, right? Maybe you see someone's struggle in their marriage or their relationship and something happens and you think, I would never, that would never happen to me. I would never do that. So keep going. Are you sure, Peter, Jesus said? In fact, before the rooster crows a few hours from now, you will have denied me three times. Peter replied, I absolutely will never deny you even if I have to die with you. And all the others said the same thing. So Peter is telling him that would never happen. He belongs to Jesus. He's in that group. They are on a mission. And here's what happens is there are, the atmosphere is full of people, a few scriptures later, who are seeking Jesus out to punish him. And the, the societal norm is to do that, right? To not be a disciple. And so that's the atmosphere that Peter is in, and it's tense, and it's dangerous. Associating with Jesus would have severe consequences for Peter. So a few scriptures later, here is what happens. Spoiler alert, exactly what Jesus said. So Peter denies him, and then here's where we come to the point that I've been in from time to time in my life. Then Peter remembered the prophecy of Jesus before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. With a shattered heart, Peter went out of the courtyard, sobbing with bitter tears. So what we see in this story and what happens, there's a couple of different things. 
initially there is this judgment of others, of a self-righteousness, of I would never do that, right? And I think it's because Peter is anticipating a threat to belonging overall. I'm not a scholar. That's just my interpretation. So there's this personal self-judgment when it does happen and he has denied him. That is the trigger for the shame that Peter is sitting in in that moment. Shame will have us sobbing and crying when we can recognize and be aware of where we are, right? And then there's that belonging and acceptance that happens. So later in the scripture, um, it's this beautiful, beautiful story. If you've never read it, I highly recommend it. Um, It's this beautiful story of Jesus, even though and knowing that Peter was going to deny him, he wraps his arms around him. The belonging wasn't conditional to Peter's judgment or to anyone else's judgment. It was unconditional. And so Jesus seeks that out with Peter, and it's this reassurance to me that no matter what position we are in, that we fall into or we put ourselves into because of shame, bypassing our problems, judgment, that there is one person who their opinion of us truly holds unconditional with love. And it matters. And we see that here. So in the, su- in the, the sum of that story, right, Jesus is just offering this profound explanation of how judgment, external and internal, um, you know, that can stand in the, the way of belonging and his love and, and unconditional love for us is um, proven in even our weakest moments. So I wrote this down for you. Judgment is the shadow that dims the light of belonging. When we let it stand in our way, we distance ourselves from connection. There's um, someone that I, I read all of her books and uh, I just love the way that she illustrates words and makes really complex ideas seem very consumable and easy to me. And her name is Brene Brown. Look her up. She's up there with R&B for me. And so it, uh, this is what she says. I wish this was original. It's not. But I know it holds true for sure. Don't walk through this world looking for evidence that you don't belong because you will always find it. If we are walking through this life with anticipation of judgment, of being judged, we are always going to find the evidence that we don't belong. And that is not our nature of why we're here. We're here to be connected. We're here to be in community. We're here to belong. We get to make a choice on how we're going to show up. And if we're always going to show up anticipating the worst, looking for the evidence that we don't belong, then every single thing is going to prove that. In your friend group, in your relationship, in your marriage, the smallest thing is going to look like a trigger for shame. It's going to look like judgment. Oh, I can't tell you how many times, how many times people that I love and trust have done something that has nothing to do with me. They weren't doing it maliciously, had nothing to do with me. But because I was anticipating, it looked like judgment. I internalized it as shame. 
You know what happens when we do that? We become resentful. That's hard to come back from. And very easy to do. So what if we made a choice today that we weren't going to walk out of this room anticipating judgment? That we were going to lean into belonging, and that is what we were going to seek. That is what we were going to look for in the people around us. The people not around us. I don't know about y'all, but I think, uh, I think Dom has shared this a couple times, but like traffic is probably the one place where I am definitely judgmental. <laughs> yeah, some claps. If you're watching online, somebody's clapping in the back. Yeah, man, I just like, I think everything, like, oh, now you're going to put, put on your turn signal? That's my parking spot. Thinking this person is coming to Target to attack me. They're just trying to get in a parking spot. Oh, you're going to merge like that? Could have put your blinker on so much longer ago. It's a personal attack. There's a lot of things for me that when I am, uh, especially when I'm in a low spot, when I'm in a spot that maybe shame is already triggered or aloneness, right? That is really tough to do. I remember when I was younger, like mental health and counseling and all of that, whew, from the South, baby, we judged that. If you had to go to a doctor or be put on medicine, that was just like, nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about mental health growing up for me. That was such like a something that I was taught you should be ashamed of. And so even a whisper of judgment, I would internalize that quick. And I didn't understand people that had like anxiety or depression when I was younger, because I was told it was made up. That wasn't a real thing. Just pray it away. Then I'm in my mid-30s. Keep it mid. Teetering on late. And those are things I have experienced. I got back from a deployment just in general, and that shifted my identity of who I thought I was, and then I got out of the military, that shifted, and there's all these other things, and here I am. Waves of depression that I experienced, waves of anxiety that I uh, experienced. I've got stock in counseling at this point. And now I know that, man, that was such a miss of me being able to connect with people to make someone else that may have been going through something difficult feel like they belonged, even if it was just to me, even if they just needed someone to listen. So that's my hope for us today, that we can walk out of this room and that we can be ambassadors of belonging to ourselves, to others, don't get on your Peloton and judge yourself for not going fast enough. Don't walk out of here and make the assumptions. Just be present. Maybe ask yourself, what's really going on right now? That I'm feeling judged or that I'm feeling judgmental. Is there just a trigger there? 
Is it because I'm anticipating something? Am I making it up? Ask yourself the questions. Be curious for yourself and for others. I'm going to pray that over us. Will you join me? God, I thank you for your gentleness in our weakest of moments. I thank you for your unconditional love, for the unconditional belonging that we have in you and your family. I thank you that there is nothing we can do to wreck that. I pray that we would leave here today strong in discernment and mercy and grace and acceptance. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Music